Hello everyone and welcome back to the Michigan City Public Library podcast. My name is Miss Dana, your host, and today I have a very special guest, Mr. Dave, joining me for an interview all about his job here at the library. Well, hi everybody. Uh, my name is Dave, Dave Fink. Some people might know me as Mr. Dave or uh, Maestro or AKA Wavy Davey. But I am the assistant department head here in Youth Services at Michigan City Public Library. I do a variety of library things. Um, and you're being very modest. You do a lot okay, of library things. I do a lot of library things. I enjoy library things, so I want to I like to keep busy. So what does being the assistant head of youth services mean for you? Um, means like that I get to have a lot of fun in my job every day. Um, oh, arguably all of us in youth services do. That's true. But I get to more, have more fun and supervise all the fun and sometimes, yeah. uh, no, it, it, it just means, you know, I've, I've been here for a while and I learn a lot from my boss, Lori. So since I do, I like to do a variety of things, uh, some of the ones that stick out are like, I like doing creative STEM, STEAM maker activities with children, you know. Uh, I like to do uh, community outreach. Um, I also do reader's advisory, like reference work, compiling information, whether for teachers or for children, students, parents. Um, you know, shelving books and just whatever else is going on at the time, really. What kind of uh, STEAM, STEM stuff do you do, like, specifically? Uh, specifically, well, you know, we've, uh, basically, I, I try to get children to work hands-on with either robotics or, like, but not just in um, a formal educational way. It's about experimentation it's about, like, maybe you're new to robotics. Maybe you're like, oh, I don't like robotics. But, you know, we'll, we'll just sort of take it from a more creative approach where maybe it's more fun, you know, and it's okay if things don't work out. So, yeah, we don't necessarily only do robotics, but we definitely work with uh, coding platforms like Scratch and Make Code. But we use that uh, with these, you know, microprocessors, which or I guess you would call them like micro bits, uh, which are like these mini computers. But kids can sort of um, design more hands-on projects that link the digital world to the physical world. So for example, they might make like a video game controller using cardboard um, or like a paper towel holder with a micro bit connected to it via a rubber band and then uh, figure out, you know, we, we, we can use existing code because kids share their projects on the platform Scratch, kids all over the world. So, you know, we might find, like, a motorcycle racing game and look at the code and see how we can get our cardboard handlebars to work with that game. And, I mean, we also do a variety of things that's not so maybe code or mathematical. Um, So we have things like paper circuits where you get to be an artist and sort of learn about some basic circuitry and maybe even some basic engineering skills that you never thought you had. But, you know, like we'll work with motors, uh, we'll work with art supplies. 
Basically, we just tinker, yeah. It sounds like it's more of an emphasis on having fun than making you feel like you're back in school, which I think is really unique to the library experience. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's Um, all about having fun and not necessarily like... It is learning, but it's not like the structure of a school, which is super cool. Yeah, sometimes... I mean, you could call it like a micro world, uh, which is a term coined by uh, Seymour Papport from the Media Lab back in the 80s. But anyways, what that means, like a micro world, is where you're you're free from the right and wrong. There's no pressure to get a good grade for your project. It's basically like, what is your interest? What do you want to do with these materials that are in front of you? Um, and sharing your ideas with the people next to you, whether it's a librarian here or another child here at the library. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, what have you learned about the library while working here? Because I also know that you have a very diverse background of previous jobs. What what brought you to the library, and what have you learned about that? Um, well, what brought me here was, you know, that it was a position working with youth in the first place. Uh, but like you said, I mean, I have a variety of backgrounds. I used to teach music um, in higher education. I was, like, an adjunct lecturer. But I'd worked with kids on, like, music summer camps and even, like, high school visits from the university, you know. But, no, this was uh, a part-time job is how I started here at the library. And I would still perform sometimes in Chicago. But then, you know, this turned out to be something I really enjoyed doing. And a full-time position opened up. And so, yeah, here I am today, I guess, 10 years later. Wow. Yeah. So what have you learned about, like, working in the library then? Well, about this library specifically or just in the, Yeah, sure. I, I mean, here I've learned a lot about this library. I mean, first of all, we have a lot of very talented employees that come from a variety of backgrounds, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would be arts, sciences. Um, so I've definitely learned so much from my coworkers uh, since the beginning. And I've learned that we have collections that I never would have thought about. Uh, like, for example, I remember, and I work in youth services, by the way, but I ended up helping an adult patron uh, find, uh, he was looking for something, it was, it was like a repair manual for a specific engine part for a car. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what this is, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh yeah, we actually have this like ex- you know, very impressive collection of, like, auto mechanic repair manuals. We do. It's <laughs> So when I was in circulation, we yeah. have a dedicated, like, select individuals who will come in and ask to see if the if these manuals are available, if they're checked out or not. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Because I, I did a summer at AutoZone, yeah. and we had those manuals for sale. Oh. So I'm like... That is so weird to see that same thing in a completely different kind of environment. Yeah. It was really weird, but really cool. Yeah. We have a we have a decent collection. And they're utilized, like you yeah. said. Yeah. I was just like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know we had this. You know. So yeah. for me, it's like I'll discover different things about our collection that I never probably would have known about. But yeah, I mean, I, this library, you know, I, for me, I've always liked the open feeling of it, because we don't know, uh, if, if you've never visited Michigan City Public Library, um, you definitely have to come visit. But everything's very open, we have lots of glass, so there's lots of natural light coming in, and uh, 
it was a world-renowned architect that designed his building. His name was Helmut Jahn. Uh, he's originally from Germany, I believe, but he, you know, it's got a very his, German name. <laughs> yeah, and he got his start in Chicago. And I guess this much, this was maybe one of the first projects that he saw come to life or physically come to life of his. I was like, how do you guys get a world-renowned? <laughs> this is before he was world-renowned. Yeah, this was like <laughs> up and coming, and probably not long after. Uh, I'm yeah, sure he it was, helped him gain renown. Yeah, it built his portfolio for sure. But <laughs> yeah, no, he was a man way ahead of his time, and definitely foresaw something most people didn't, especially with libraries. You know, what is something you wish people knew about your job, or something you could tell people about your job? Um, yeah, I would say that it's never boring. I guess there's that classic stereotype where, oh, librarians are just reading in the quiet all day. Oh my gosh, that's so boring. That'd be the dream, it but would, it's, it's it not. Really would. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, it's never boring in the sense that, you know, you're always meeting new people. Uh, you're always, you solve a lot of problems throughout the day, you know, not problems with people problems, but problems with like, how do we figure out where this is? How do we get this information? How do we uh, get this to work? But people um, problems too. People problems too. We definitely have that. Anyone that works in the public, you know what we're talking about. But yeah, I, it's, it's never boring. And, you know, for me, I mean, I, I love working with people because in this environment, you get to share a lot of ideas. So it's like, I learned something from the people in my community. Maybe they'll learn something from the library here with some of the programs we have, you know, but uh, yeah, yeah, and I guess I would just state that librarians are here to help you find anything you want to know about or learn about. That's why we're here. Because I always get the question like, oh, I don't mean to bother you when you're here at the desk or I'm sorry I'm bothering you. Nope, that's why we're here. Yep. I never know how to react to that because I'm like, no, like, please interrupt me. I'm not doing much. Yeah. Like, We've been waiting for this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this was a tricky question with some of the other people. Yeah. What is your favorite part of the job? I guess I kind of already gave that away, but it's definitely the interaction. I mean, with, with people of all ages, but with children – you know, I love to see them be so creative, and I love to see children sharing ideas with each other, and even with, you know, like their, their parents participating in programs with their children. But for me, my favorite part is definitely seeing the exchange of ideas mm-hmm. across a variety of ages, and um, I think that's where learning really takes place is when you're sort of like in a pressure-free environment where you get to build relationships share knowledge and maybe you know it's just recreational knowledge for the time but uh i think it's really important especially for kids you know that's one of my favorite parts too yeah for sure and that's why i prefer the youth services to pretty much any other department not saying that i don't love other departments right but for me personally i flourish in the services area oh yeah so what is something that you want our patrons to know about the library, about you, about anything. Oh. Could even be what you ate for dinner last night. Um, I won't share that. I'm getting a 
I'm getting better at cooking, but uh, some of my coworkers know I have a lot to learn in that area. Uh, but no, I'm going to skip over that part. Um, what I would like our patrons to know is that, uh, like I said before, we're definitely here to help you find whatever. But a really crucial thing, I'm not going to talk too long on it, but the e-materials that we have, specifically the databases, because uh, I get asked by, you know, children, you know, teens, tweens, uh, middle school, they have a homework assignment. And sometimes those assignments have very maybe obscure or uh, topics that mm. maybe a little more challenging mm-hmm. as far as research goes. Yeah. And so maybe our physical nonfiction collection of books yep. here at the library is not going to suffice. I just had a question on alcoholism the other day. Yeah. And I was like, I have one book in the kids' area. Yeah. And I felt so bad because I didn't, I didn't realize that we could use the databases that way. And I would have talked about it. Oops. Yeah, we have. I mean, there is so much information, and the, and the library pays for these subscriptions, by the way, for these databases. And you can access that at home with your library card number for free, mm-hmm. or you can just access it here in the library. But basically, what these databases are, they cover a variety of topics, anything nonfiction, anything you want to know about. And all the information that's stored in these databases are like, we'll have some like ebook, nonfiction books, but a lot of it is like uh, uh, magazine articles, journal articles, something that's brief because uh, a trend that's been happening for quite some time now. I mean, I don't want to give a specific time period, but it's like a, a trend of research is that people prefer to find maybe like uh, 10 three-page articles from journals or magazines and get the information they need from those as opposed to finding, like, a 500-page nonfiction book that might have, like, you know, a few things in the back or from the end. Mm-hmm. Or from I, the index, yeah. I always found it easier when I was in school and doing research papers. I always found it easier to find resources online through, like, EBSCO and the other databases exactly. um, because you could... I feel like it was a lot easier to fine-tune your search. So those re- those databases are invaluable for any kind of research papers. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like having you know everything at your fingertips. All the information has been vetted by librarians. It's been mm-hmm. through peer-reviewed journals. I mean, it's the best information you're going to find as opposed to just... Googling something, which, you know, if it's just a quick Google, like, where is this restaurant at or something like that, that's fine. But Google is not a database. It's a search engine. So you're going to come up with a bunch of stuff that's not even going to relate to what you want to know. But anyways, our databases, you can actually access that by going to our website, use services. It's called Teen Homework Resources, and you're going to find a lot right there. I mean, it's going to give you by topic, history, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I and I always love to see the face of young patrons. I had a success story the other day where a young patron um, did have a homework assignment. That patron aced their homework assignment Aww. because of the info they got from a database here at the library. All right, so our final question: What's your favorite book? That's a tough one. It's like, what's your favorite song? But oh. Yeah, that was, that would be a really hard one for you, Mr. Yeah, Musician. So. Yeah. But, I mean, I have a variety 
I mean, I guess my go-to stuff um, when we're talking about fiction works is going to be like um, science fiction, sort of fantasy. And I like horror too, so I have to admit that. And so a specific book, uh, science fiction, if I'm talking about like juvenile fiction, I read uh, it's a book called Bob by Wendy Mass and Rebecca Steed. Oh. Is it Steed? Is, is it about a cat? Well, I don't want to give it away, but uh, Bob is an interesting figure, and it's a very it's written very cleverly because both authors, I mean, maybe you've heard of one of the other authors, but both of them take a turn writing a chapter. That's how they wrote this book. Okay. Um, and the story fits together brilliantly, but it's a science fiction hmm. story where uh, there's some nostalgia. We could say it's a cap, but I don't want to give it away. Yeah, so that's called Bob. And then, you know, also, When You Reach Me was by Rebecca Steed. That, you know, she was, I guess that was, it's very inspired by A Wrinkle in Time, if you've ever oh. read that. So uh, I think the author, Rebecca Steed, really loved that book growing up. So there's okay. definitely like a lot of, what do you call them? Not Easter eggs, but you could, you know, like parallels. Being, um, and parallel, well, some parallels, yeah. Uh, but even some of the inspirations, yeah, are throughout the book. Okay. Uh, but it's also a science fictiony book. I don't want to spoil that plot, but it's also sort of a mystery, which I kind of like mystery stuff too. Yeah. So someone keeps getting these notes in the story when they come home, and they're like, "Who's sending these notes?" You know, and then uh, you'll find out later. Okay. But there's uh, possibly some time travel and other stuff going on there too. Oh man! It's pretty cool. Yeah, fantasy elements. Uh, so, yeah, for, like, YA fiction, I haven't read a whole lot. I mean, I, I like Strange the Dreamer, which I, for whatever reason, I mean, you know, typically I like shorter stories or something like that or a series of short stories, but this one was kind of, it's, it's long, chunky. right? It's, it's chunky, and it's dense. Yeah. I couldn't put it down. It's I mean, phenomenal. Honestly, and for someone like me to say I couldn't put it down is pretty good. Yeah. You know, that's... It's one of my all-time favorite books. Yeah. Um... <laughs> It's amazing. Have you read the second one? I have yeah. read the second one. Made okay. me cry like a baby. Okay, I don't. So good. Yeah, don't tell me anything. Cause I don't know the whole second one yet. Um, I, I think we have it. I started the second one on a plane trip via audiobook. No, but I definitely want to read part two. What yes. is that? The nightmare of um, Muse of Nightmares. Muse of Nightmares, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, and, and as far as horror goes. Like Lovecraft, I think the short stories are kind of cool. But I guess, you know, horror also leads, leads me into mystery, too, because you're kind of yeah. like, how is this going to end? What is that? And then we still have Through the Woods by Emily Carroll, some of the oh, graphic fiction. That yeah. was scary. Horror is not my thing, but I did read it because it was a graphic novel. Yeah. It yeah. was spooky, but so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very clever. Yeah. And then, you know, something... Else, that's graphic novel, uh, junior fiction. Svetlana Shmakova, I think that's how you pronounce her name. Oh, gosh. She has yeah. the Awkward series. And I've then, never been able to pronounce that, but I think you nailed it. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. Um, I mean, I guess, well, she has a new series out now that's been for a couple of years, I forget. The Weirn books? Yeah. I read, exactly. we have the first one. It was good. And I don't know if the second one's been released at all. But, yeah, no, that one was pretty good. 
So that would be like realistic fiction, kind of. Well, from the Weirn, awkward series. Weirn is definitely fantasy. So that's but yeah. the awkward series, awkward, brave. There's crush, um, crush. Yeah. Those are definitely realistic high, not high school, junior. Yeah. Middle grade, school, yeah. junior. Yeah, so I like that, and I like a lot of nonfiction. I like autobiographies. I like to really? see how people, yeah. That's the one that they write themselves? Right. Okay. Um, and sometimes I'll jump, you know, like, of course, I've, I've read the autobiographies of musicians because I'm into music a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I've even done some comedians. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, but sometimes I'll get off, like, I found one. I'm trying to remember the guy's name now. It'll come to me. It's a very common last name. But um, basically, he was the first one to interrogate Saddam Hussein um, in Iraq. Wow. Like, why? But what I found most fascinating about that book, about this guy, is that, you know, he is how he got into the FBI and how the story of his life unfolded. It's just like you never would have guessed, like, he ends up being the first dude, and he only has so much time to, like, debrief. I think it's called, like, debriefing Saddam or something or debrief Saddam. Oh. I read that a few years ago, but I, like, loved it. It's not a topic I would particularly choose to read, but what I found fascinating was how this guy and was in grad school and how he was first rejected by the FBI, but then because of – well, then he went to grad school, and because of something he researched or wrote a paper on, then the FBI wanted him, and he became – more involved in the intelligence agency. It's, it's just crazy how you hear the stories of, like, rejection and then also, like, interest, a passion for something, and then just where that leads you to in life, you know? That is really cool. So, yeah, that's kind of what I dabble into, I guess. Is there anything else you want to mention or shout out? Anything upcoming? Yeah, so definitely check our library calendar of events. We're going to be having... The Makerspace Open Lab Series, which will be every Tuesday from 3.30 to 5. Um, that'll also be throughout the summer. Um, I know some of the days when our summer reading program begins, uh, we'll have a lot more activities going on, raffle prizes, and then look for our Stomp Rockets, uh, which will be a fun outdoor activity here at the library that we used to do um, and we will be doing again regularly and we do have the summer reading program for adults right yes adults can participate as well as children and adults can even enter the raffle yeah too we have some cool prizes well thanks for joining me today dave i hope everybody got to know you a little bit better yeah thanks for having me dana thank you so much to our special guests for talking to me today and hopefully we will have a new special guest next month for another interview so that you can learn all about the behind the scenes of the library thank you so much for listening and we will see you guys very very soon bye